0: Welcome to the show called Let's Talk Homeschool. I'm Davis, and I'm with Rachel, my lovely wife. We are your hosts. This is the show where we talk about everything homeschooling. You know that, the how, what, when, where, and why. We want to affirm, encourage, challenge, and inspire you in this adventure of a lifetime that we call home education. So let's get right to it. This is episode number 47. Today's show is titled, The Tidal Wave of Homeschooling Is Here. Okay, Rachel. Let's talk homeschool. So, when the sheltered home orders were put in place in March of 2020, millions of families suddenly found themselves in a mandatory trial run of homeschooling. As the weeks turned into months and a new school year approached, a large number of these families decided to stay the course and continue educating their kids at home. Curriculum providers like Apologia found themselves struggling to supply the increased demand for resources. Homeschooling was already the most significant educational movement of the last 50 years, but now a coronavirus pandemic ushered in a tidal wave of new homeschooling families. So, folks, are you riding this wave, or are you currently treading water, lost, and adrift at sea? So, Rachel, let's talk about two things in this show. Let's talk about what happened, which is the tidal wave, and why is it good? So what happened back in March, April, and then the months over of the summer?
1: So what happened was suddenly people really had to rethink their children's education. And it was easy for a long time, it seemed, to just go along with what people had always done. They'd always sent their kids to private school, or maybe they'd always put their kids on the bus to go to the local public school. And suddenly, because of a proclaimed pandemic, all of that had to be rethought because schools were closed. And I still find it ironic that when we thought of where's the safest place to be when everything is swirling, it was universally thought of that the safest place to be was home. It was shelter at home. It wasn't shelter at an institution
0: it, it wasn't was shelter in the school building. It
1: wasn't. It was shelter at home. And I just think, you know, there aren't a lot. Maybe there are more. There'd be an interesting brainstorm. I think that that's a beautiful phrase, that we shelter at home, that homes are considered as havens and safe places for families to come together, huddle together. And, you know, in our experience, it wasn't just we've got seven children, right? And so we've launched five. So we had five out of the house. But in sheltered home, we had to rotate two of our daughters back home. So the safest place, right? So the safest place for them to be was not their college campus; it was actually coming home.
0: Well, and even just the other day, we were talking about how the language has changed. In March and April, it was sheltered home. Now, in August and September, the language is safer at home. I know. I I still love that. It's like a unanimous decision. The safest place is home. At home and you got this health issue the coronavirus sure. which has been the two by four up against everybody's head causing you know concern question marks and what do i do about educating my kids and so now there were uh let's talk about some of these surveys back in march and april there were some surveys where people were asked what are you planning to do in the fall which was only three months away but i remember the first report said 20 percent of those homes or those who are now at home were planning to c- continue in the fall. And, homeschooling. Yes, and I was skeptical. I did not believe that it would be that many. I thought it would yeah. be a lot less just because homeschooling is um, scary. It's for the, 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 It was always in the minority. Right. And I've always been surprised that more people didn't, but I felt that those fears and uh, hurdles would still be there. Right. Well, then another report came out that said 41%, and then another report saying 60%. Right. So as the summer continued and these reports were coming out, I was really curious to see how many would actually th- find their way to homeschooling in the fall, uh, because everybody, all the schools were scrambling, private and public and everybody else, to figure out a game plan for getting kids in school. And of course, the CDC recommendations with face masks and social distancing just, just seemed crazy to think they would actually happen with young kids in particular.
1: I, I totally agree, because I've had real concerns about children being in an environment where those kind of restrictions are adamantly reinforced. That does not seem emotionally healthy to me, to small children, and it doesn't seem psychologically good for young children, for any children really. I mean, I even think as adults, if this continues to linger... When we can't see each other's faces, a smile across a grocery store aisle or in a church building, if we're going to continue to be masked and we're going to continue to distance, we were made for fellowship. We were made for physical touch. We need hugs. We need high fives. We got to work out. We can't even high five the other people that we're working out with. I think that there are long-term playouts of this. And so, again, parents had to reassess. What are we going to do? Are we going to subject our children to these ridiculous restrictions in environment where those restrictions are going to be reinforced by somebody else. And a lot of parents said no. And I, I think the feedback we've heard too, even from our workers at Apologia, they had said that some people who called in were saying, you know, we've always thought about this, mm-hmm. but we never quite stepped over the threshold. We never took that first step of faith. And here we find ourselves... We've been thinking about this for for years. One year turned into two, and two turned into four, and four turned... And so here's our chance to try what we thought about doing in the past. Well, glory to God. I think that's exciting.
0: Well, right. And you and I found ourselves not getting to go to the live homeschool conferences Mm -hmm. that we were scheduled to go to. All those were either canceled or they went to an online format. Some were rescheduled for August, and then they got canceled or put into an online format again. So we didn't go to a single live homeschool conference this year which was really strange however because of the online options we found ourselves doing more presentations than ever from our home to probably more people than in a live setting and most of our presentations were related to folks that were finding themselves in this boat. Mm-hmm. Okay, you found yourselves suddenly here. You have to test drive this car that you never thought you'd step in. But welcome.
1: <laughs> we're glad you're here. Yes. You, you, didn't, you oh, might yeah. not have wanted to be here, but we're so glad you're here. We've been trying to paint a picture for these newbies of what this can be.
0: Right. Well, and just this last week on September 3rd, if you go to the August, I mean the September 3rd uh, page on the Apologies Facebook page, I did a Facebook Live entitled The Issue with World Magazine's 2020 Back to School Issue, and right. I talked about how they couldn't give a vision for what homeschooling can be for families, but Apologia can. That's right. We are advocates and proponents, right. leaders and publishers in this space, so we, we've we been homeschooling 25 years ourselves. We have five of our seven who have graduated from homeschool, four are college graduates, one is in a PhD program, so we know what homeschooling can be, and that it's beautiful. But let's uh, continue talking about what happened because there was just a report this week that said that, that some numbers are actually in, and the homeschooling population has doubled, friends. Yeah. So one year ago there were three million homeschool students. Today there's six million homeschool students. Woo-hoo! That's ten percent of all K through twelve students. So of the sixty million. K-12 students in America, 10% of them, 6 million, are now homeschooling. That's so so exciting. So let me tell you what the numbers actually turned out to be. It's it's pretty amazing. So public school was the leader with 85% of students in a public school setting. That dropped significantly down to 76%. So only three-fourths of students are in a public school right now. Homeschooling is now the second most popular option out there. It went from... Uh, 5% to 10%. It doubled. Private school actually dropped a little bit. It went from 7% of the student population to 6%. So it was a little ahead of homeschooling. Now it's noticeably behind homeschooling. Number fourth was charter schools. They actually took a really big bump up from 2% to 5%. And we've had our own questions about how that happened because I thought charter schools had to... they had to already exist for people to go to. So... Whatever the reasons, that's the report. And then finally, parochial schools dropped in half. They went from 4% of the student population to only two. But homeschooling homeschooling doubled. That's the story. That's what happened. That's the tidal wave, folks, of home education. It's here. So like I said at the beginning, are are you riding this wave and having a great time? You're only a week or two or three into this. But this is the educational, social, and cultural, and spiritual movement of the last 50 years, folks. So welcome to the fold. It's an adventure, and you're going to love it.
1: We are so blessed to have caught this tidal wave. It kind of blew us over, though. It more hit us than we wrote it, at least initially, personally.
0: We're figuring out how to write it ourselves with uh, suddenly having to serve twice as many people, but it's we're glad problem. we're glad to.
1: It's a great problem to have. So you touched on it just a minute ago when you sort of laid out our seven kids and all the things that God has done through our homeschooling. Like you said, we've launched five, four have college degrees, one is in the middle of her college experience, and then we have a son who's in a Ph.D. program, but... That's really not the story. The story is not really the academics. I mean, I get many of you are coming into this, and that is your initial idea is, oh my goodness, are my kids going to be able to compete academically at the college level? Are are we just ruining them? Are are they not going to get what they need to get to actually go to college and do what they need to do? And so I want to assure you initially that, yes, they are. They can. There is such excellent curriculum out there. Apologia being the top science choice that you can make for your children to prepare them for college classes in science. But that's really not the story. The story is what homeschooling does for your relationship with your kids, for their relationship with their creator, your relationship with your children as parents and children and their relationships with each other. That's the vision. That's the opportunity. And as we have stronger families, in our communities, in our churches, in our state, in our country, we're really literally talking about a movement that can change. Absolutely.
0: This cultural, social, and educational movement that is a, a modern homeschool movement, as many call it, that started in the late 70s, early 80s, it's now a tidal wave. It It's just like those waves that happen in the middle of the Pacific, and you don't even know it's there until it gets close to shore, and then suddenly it's a tsunami. And that's what we're seeing. Now it's finally reached a point, and COVID-19 has helped been the catalyst to create this surge in the population. But as Rachel said, the numbers aren't what's exciting as much as what it will do. For students, for children, for the hearts of moms and dads, for the hearts of children towards their moms and dads, for the walk of faith that everybody in the family gets to experience, because you probably already feel in this. You have to trust God with your first step, with your first month, with your first year, with all 25 years. It's an adventure where you're literally depending on God in ways that you never thought you would have to, but that strengthen your your walk of faith and your trust in God and your realization of how he intervenes in the affairs of men and it's a it's a wonderful roller coaster to be on quite frankly
1: i know that one of my core desires for my children has been not for their happiness merely wanting the happiness for my children only opens up a pandora's box of bad things. If that's if my objective is just that everything's fun and happy and they're comfortable, I don't believe that to be a blessing. I believe that to be a curse. But that's what the culture advocates for is don't you just want your kids to be happy and and I reject that. I soundly reject that. My core desire for my children is that they would know God. That He would be real to them that He wouldn't be a far-off white bearded deity in the sky, but that he would be real to them. And I really believe that homeschooling for these last 24 in our 25th year has been that for our children. They've been able to experience God, to see God, to know God, to sense God. He's become real to them through this process. Well,
0: he has. I mean, you've said it in one word, relationships. Mm -hmm. And so what I want to tell folks listening is... Now that you're homeschooling, you are in charge. The buck stops with you. And you may feel a burden of responsibility with that. But here's the exciting part. You get to decide what your family homeschool goals and priorities are. No politician going to decide for you. No bureaucratic committee is going to decide for you and dictate it to you. You get to decide. Hmm. And for us, relationships was our number one priority. By the third or fourth year of our homeschooling journey... We kind of mapped out our own family mission and goals and priorities, and that was number one. And it, we, it, it was shown in many practical ways as we went about our day that we would work on relationships more than academics, but not to the detriment of academics. And our kids have done fine academically. They've gone to college on scholarships and, and such. They're productive citizens. They got good jobs, uh, they, but they have a desire to follow God in their professions, in their own family life, and in their futures. And as parents, that's what's satisfying is to know that by way of homeschooling, it allowed us to influence our life and into our kids and to have uh, that transfer of values and that relationship that any other school option cannot provide. So that's just one of the reasons why this tidal wave is good and why you're going to look back and say this was the best thing that ever happened to our family.
1: Yeah, I think that's very true. And I and I, I believe that can we have the opportunity for that to be true, whether or not people fit, continue to homeschool after this year. Certainly, I want people to continue homeschooling because I think it just gets better. I think You get to see God more and more. You get to die to yourself more and more. You get to celebrate seeing what God's doing in the hearts and the minds of your children year by year by year. And it's just glorious. But I got to tell you, there's another, I think, more subtle, but potentially profoundly significant thing that I think could come of this whole tidal wave. I really believe that the enemy has not so subtly used a variety of things among mothers to separate us. He's used demographics. He's used neighborhoods. He's used careers, working moms versus non-working moms, right? Uh, which is, was always a farce because all moms are working moms. It doesn't matter if you're working outside the home or inside the home. You right. are a working mom. We're all working moms. But we have allowed that to separate us into unfortunate categories such that we're not even friends with people who don't work outside the home or work inside the home or however you want to draw those lines. But then it got worse, I think. Then it got to be that moms started to separate themselves and draw lines of demarcation between ourselves based on where our kids went to school. I know. And it was like, oh, my kids go to public school. Oh, my kids go to charter school. Oh, my kids go to private school. Oh, we homeschool. And it really, I think, has been a tragedy among mothers because here's what I believe to be true. We need each other, and we need to be strong enough in the decisions that we've made educationally for our children to cross those lines and come together. Our kids need each other. We need each other. And I'm going to be honest. I think this moment wherein so many people are schooling at home, so whether they're homeschooling, right. or they brought the system home. We have a good friend who, her children were in charter school, right, and they were trying to figure out all the Zoom meetings for the charter school and make it all work. And she's working from home, and her her husband's working from home, and they're trying to get their kids on. And she just said, "You know what? Enough. I'm done. We're just we're going to pull out of the system. We're just going to homeschool."
0: Well, and I love the way she told it to you. We're going to do what we should have done all along.
1: Right, exactly. (laughs) But in this moment when so many moms are at home working with their kids academically, I'm really hoping that a lot of those walls, those obstacles to relationships between moms can just come down.
0: Amen. And
1: we can just accept each other, trust each other, and have relationship with each other, encourage each other. I think that we ought to be able to challenge each other along the way. But I I think tragically there have been a lot of relationships that have gone unhad because of silly enemy lies that were unnecessary. You know, Joseph said in the Old Testament to his brothers when he was reunited with them after they'd sold him to slavery, right? And he's reunited with them because it's an interesting moment. They come to him, right? They were desperate to get rid of him to begin with. And then they're desperate for him to give them something. Kind of an interesting, ironic moment. He sees who they are. He gets who they are. He knows who they are. And they don't recognize him, right? And ultimately, after a couple of tests on his part to see if they've changed at all or if they're still the guys that sold him off, he reveals himself to them and says, "You know what the enemy intended for evil, God intended for good. I think this pandemic moment is that same moment. The enemy has intended this to be for evil, to shut down praise in our churches, to close down our churches, to um, make us not like each other as we are sheltered at home or safer at home, to divide us further, to separate us further. But I gotta tell you, I think we've got a moment here, an opportunity here, to lean into what God has intended this to be for.
0: Well, I think you're, I think you're exactly right, and I pray that that does happen. Me too. With moms in particular, as you said, and I, I think a similar thing has gone on between uh, the churches mm-hmm. and educational options, because mm-hmm. many churches have a private school mm-hmm. affiliated with them. Not all, obviously, but even within a church family, right? There can be that division of. Oh, you go to the church school, or you homeschool, or you go to the public school, and you you don't want to say which school you go to because that can create this division. Whereas now, I'd like to think that those walls will start coming down because there's it's less important, right? Or more people have walked over to the homeschool you know uh, community, and so there's more of them. But one of the things that I've always liked to say is that. Homeschooling students Have succeeded For a variety of reasons And one of the things that's happening Is they actually help a church Fulfill their mission mm-hmm. So there, there shouldn't be any um, Us versus them kind of yeah. attitude Anyways, we're right. all in this together So again, I think part of your point is that this could be a great unifying moment and opportunity.
1: But we're going to have to grow up and and do that and claim it. We're going to have to work together and claim it and say, we're not going to let this divide us anymore. That's the opportunity we have.
0: Well, uh, one of the, the things that I'll say that I think why this is great is homeschooling is also a great tool for sharing the gospel Yes, partly because it's a walk of faith so i know our faith has grown tremendously simply because we homeschooled Mm -hmm. and the requirement to trust in god in ways i never wanted to right i never expected to and there's been times where it was like with our oldest it was real easy to panic thinking oh no, we didn't plan on this and he's our first one. We're going to blow it with our first one and he's not even going to graduate high school and know what to do next. Right. And God intervened. There's some great stories that we've shared through the years and, and some of these podcasts where God helped fill in the gaps and create a path for him to where, as that's happened in similar ways with some of our other kids, I've been much less panicked and prone to worry because I, I know, I remember what God did. Right. And so I, I walk by faith. I grow in the testing of my own character. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, I really would love to see homeschooling and the larger community of homeschooling create a, an environment that allows for the gospel to be shared and heard and believed and possibly create a great awakening of sorts mm-hmm. in our country, in families, in churches, in a way that would just be beautiful and bring the blessing of God in ways that we haven't experienced yet.
1: Well, you know, I know a lot of us. And again, I think of the Bible story of Moses and here God's people have been oppressed for 400 years and they're crying out to God for a deliverer and and they're crying and they're crying and they're crying and who would have thought that it would have come it's a baby in a basket woven by his mother, placed in the Nile River. Right, raised in the palace, um, sent to raise sheep in the wilderness. Who would have thought? God's ways are not our ways. Who would have thought that a pandemic could have been this amazing moment? Could have brought revival in the hearts and the minds of moms and dads and families. But these are the kinds of things that God uses to do great things.
0: Exactly. So homeschooling was already one of the most significant social, cultural, and educational movements of the last 50 years, like I said. But although a relatively small number of students were riding this wave prior to 2020, this COVID-19 pandemic was a catalyst turning homeschooling into the tidal wave of epic proportions that we're talking about it's more than likely that it'll lead the way in educational movements for the next 50 years. So, folks, get on your surfboards, ride this wave, uh, enjoy it. Don't find yourself lost at sea. This is the wave to be on, so welcome aboard. It's gonna be a great ride and we're all in this together. Well, it's time to bring this wonderful conversation to an end, so thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it and that you'll share it with your friends. This is Let's Talk Homeschool, and we are your hosts, Davis and Rachel Carmen. We want to thank our sponsor, Apologia Educational Ministries. Their mission is to help homeschooling families learn, live, and defend the Christian faith. Apologia is the number one publisher of creation-based science, biblical worldview curriculum, and online instruction with over 110 number one awards. Now that's impressive. But more importantly, that's why Apologia is trusted by homeschooling families all across the USA and the world Go to apologia.com, a great place to explore creation. Okay, folks, have a great day, and until next time, we are walking by faith and enjoying the homeschooling adventure of a lifetime.